0: Colossians 4, and the 17th verse, Colossians 4, 17, he said, Say to Archippus, who is that Brother Buddy used to say Archippus? <laughs> Brother Buddy Harrison? He read Say to Archippus. Take heed to the ministry. (laughs) Well, it might have been pronounced that way if he lived here today, but say to this fellow, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you fulfill it. Take heed to the ministry you've received that you fulfill it. Boy, there's, there's a wealth of revelation. Just in these few words. First of all, do you understand that even though you have a call on your life, and a ministry has been, or what's the word Apostle Paul used, committed to you, that you still must receive it? You know there are many people that are going to stand before the Lord and give an account for a pastoral ministry, an evangelistic ministry, Apostolic ministry, healing ministry, ministry to street people or children or or whatever that never even entered the ministry. Never even entered the ministry. Did something secular all their life and never even entered the ministry. But when they stand before the Lord, they'll have to give an account for a ministry because they were called to it. They just never received it. Never committed to it. I've had people tell me, boy, I wouldn't want to be you. You know, those teachers are going to receive greater judgment. (laughs) Wouldn't want to be in the ministry. Everybody in the body of Christ has a call on their life. Everybody. Now, most people are not called to stand behind a pulpit and preach. But everybody is called, has a ministry that they're called to and grace to do that's going to affect the kingdom and affect people's lives. Everybody does. And, and you know, sometimes even in the way our uh, secular schools are structured, it's it's set up incorrectly. Uh, people even teach their children during junior high and high school. And we have career days where people, you know, talk about and decide what, what I want to be. Wrong. That's already decided for you before you were born. Did you hear me? It's not for us to decide what we want to be in life. It's for us to discover what we're ordained to be. Amen? Amen. To seek Him and to pursue Him and find His will for our life and then receive it. Everybody say, find it." Find it. it. Receive it. Finish it. Find what the will of God is for you. See Kim. Sometimes, well, I don't know. Well, you need to be finding out. That doesn't mean you ask everybody you know. You ask the one who knows. Sometimes people say, "Well, I I counsel with so and so, and they gave me some bad counsel, and they messed my life up. It's your fault." Probably shouldn't even been asking them about it. People are lazy spiritually want somebody else to do their praying for them. Somebody else to do their hearing from God for them. No, no, friend. Your life is too short. These things are too important to just leave to somebody else's opinion and whim. Get on your face. Seek God for yourself. You need to miss some meals. Find out where am I supposed to be. What am I supposed to be doing? What's my call? What's my grace? What's my gifting? It is such a sad thing. How many Christians are miserable and don't know where they fit and don't know their place? Phyllis and I have met Christian after Christian after Christian after Christian. Even people in the ministry, frustrated, confused, don't know my place. See a lot of people mad at other people, mad at their pastor because he won't give me a place in the church. Mad at their husband. He won't acknowledge my gift and give me a place. Friend, nobody can stand between you and fulfilling the will of God for your life. Like God told Joshua, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. These things about what well, people are hindering me, they won't let me, it's all deception and excuses and weakness. No. Life is brief, it's short, we're a vapor, we're here for a little while, and then it's gone. We don't have time to blame other people, (laughs) right? Can you find the will of God for your life? Yes, you can. Can you know the will of God? Can you do what you were called and made to do and be? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I'm going to get into one of the major reasons why people don't tonight. It's not so complicated as people think. Our Father is not trying to hide things from us in this area. It is his will for us to do his will. He's not, he, he hasn't set up a maze and, and making it hard for us, you know, uh, to find out his plan and will for our life. He's not sitting up chuckling on the throne going, they'll never find that. <laughs> I hid that, but good. <laughs> they'll have to be super special and smart and determined to ever find out what I want them to do in life. No, he wants you to find out. He has brought revelation through area after area. You'd have to have help to be confused about it. Which the devil is only too happy to provide this kind of confusing help. But notice what he said. Say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry that you have what? Received. So he received it in the Lord That you fulfill it. Everybody say fulfill it. Another translation talks about that you complete it. That you finish it. Everybody say finish it. Finish it. Now we're talking about new beginnings. But I want to talk to you about finishing it. Because in truth, this is the immediate step before the new beginning. Before you can step in to the next thing God has for you, you have to finish the present thing He's called you to. Before you can step up to the next level, the new thing, the new level, you have to be faithful to finish the first. Can you say amen? Amen. Go please to James, the first chapter, if you're holding your place there. James chapter 1. Many of you know it, but let's look at it again. He said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. How could you do that? You, you've got trials, you've got tests. Count it joy. That means you're strong. Do you understand uh, the Christian life, the Christ-like one, christ Ian life, is not for the weak and wimpy. It's amazing how the devil has perverted it. In the eyes of the world, I mean, the old westerns—you know—the preacher was the coward that hid under the wagon while the real men fought the enemy. Hmm. Nothing could be further from the truth. Was Jesus that way? then those christ i ends, those like him, are not that way either. The gospel, the true gospel, is the strong man's gospel. And the faith life is the life of the strong. Amen? Fight. The good fight of faith. Amen? I've had people look at me from across the desk and cry and go, But I'm not a fighter, Brother King. I'm just not a fighter. Well, you know what the alternatives are? Stay sick, stay broke, die, fail. Hmm? Or what? Help me out, guys. You fight. I said you fight. Oh, we're going to have some fun here tonight. I can tell it already. <laughs> I had the privilege of working under Dr. Kenneth Hagan, my father in the faith, uh, directly with him for some 20-some years, a lot of those in healing school. And so many, many people come over those years and get healed. And I'm thinking of several individuals now who were told that they there was no hope for them, medically speaking. Uh, many of them were expected to have been dead weeks ago before they ever got to healing school. And I'm thinking of person after person after person that I know of that are alive tonight, at home, working a job, been that way for 5 years, 10 years, 15 years. Supposed to have been dead. 10 years ago, 15 years. But every one of them I know, every one of them, as I think about them, had this in common. They're fighters. I said they're fighters. Not quitters. I'm not talking about fighting with people. I'm not talking about fighting with your husband and wife. I'm talking about fighters. They. What did the Bible say about the devil? Resist right? Resist the devil. Well, what if you're passive and cry and feel sorry for yourself and plead, Oh God, make the devil leave me alone. Make him quit. Please God. You know, he didn't tell you to do that. Do you know that nowhere in the new Testament am I aware of not even one place where we're told to ask God to make the devil quit? I don't know of a single place where we're told to ask God to do something about the devil, to make the devil stop. He told us, you are not to give any place to the devil. You are to resist the devil and he will flee from you. You exercise authority. You speak to the mountain. Amen? You bind it up and it'll be bound. Well, it takes some strength, doesn't it? it takes some faith. It can't be passive. I remember dealing with people, you know, they, they could barely talk. I had to put my ear down to their head to, to hear them, you know, so weak from sickness or cancer or some such thing. And they said to me in a whisper, I'm not dying. I am not dying with one of the devil's stinking diseases. I will live. Remember one lady I sat with her for 45 minutes, we just said, I will live. I will live and not die. I will live. I will live. I will live. You got to resist the pain. You got to resist the feelings of helplessness. You got to resist the feelings of being a victim. Let me tell you one thing. This is some of the best advice. If you if you didn't know it, some of the best advice you will ever get. And I'm not saying just because I'm I'm saying it, but listen. Never, ever, ever. Ever, under any circumstances, for any reason, never, ever, ever feel sorry for yourself. That's how you go down. Not even for five minutes. Never. Close the door and pull the blind and put a cool cloth on your head and lay down and act pitiful. (laughs) Nobody loves me. You know what? try to be a good person and I don't know why they would support me and help me oh hush God's done too much for you to lay there and act like a little whiny baby get up from there say I will live and not die get up from there and say the money's coming we'll pay every bill don't have to know how don't have to have a clue get up from there and say God will give us wisdom this thing is, we're going to turn it around amen that's what faith is all about You never saw Jesus get in a corner and cry, did you? Feel sorry for himself? I mean, he is the king of kings, lord of lords. We're the lords he's lord of. We're the kings he's king of. And we are overcomers. More than conquerors. That means you put something in front of us, we come over it. Amen. Amen. And we don't quit till we're over it. Amen. Overcomers. Means you come over. In James, the first chapter, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, the trying of your faith works patience. That's perseverance. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect, complete, and entire, wanting Nothing. That's where God wants us all to be. Where we don't want for any good thing. So, what do you need? You go, well, let me see. Man, I, I don't, I want, I'm wanting nothing. I got everything. I'm healthy, got my strength, full of faith, God's real to me, got a good family, my kids are in good shape, all my bills are paid, got extra money. Amen. Somebody said, I'm not like that. He told you how to get like that. Just stay with it. Amen. Stay after it. Persevere. Even when you're having trials, count it joy. Now that's a strong man of God. That's a strong woman of God. When you've got tests, when you've got trials, when you've got pressure, and they stand up and shout and go, ha, none of these things move me. Yeah, you, know, you got bills piled up on the table three foot high. I don't care. God's bigger than these bills. Yeah, but they told you you got two weeks to live. That's not the final word. I got another word right here. Said with long life he'd satisfy me and show me his salvation, and I ain't satisfied. So I'm living. Now, I know I'm emphasizing this, but you understand what I'm talking about? It's not. The wimps and and the whiny babies perish. They get their stuff repossessed. They get kicked in the street. They die young. Did you hear me? If they're saved, they go to be with Jesus. That's better than being here. That's wonderful. But they were robbed of time they should have had down here and victories and robbed of fruit and eternal reward. Friend, you know that those that are in the that great cloud of witnesses, they they identify with us in the excitement of the earth and, and the moment and the time we're in. We're privileged to be alive right now. Now is when you do the works. Now is when you do the things you're going to be rewarded for eternally. Now, after your life, that, that time has passed. Oh, friends, if if some of your relatives that are in heaven, if you could talk to Moses, if you could talk to the Apostle Paul, if you could talk to Peter, you know what they'd tell you? Get with it, brother, get with it. Life is short. You'll be up here before you know it. Get with the program, man. Do it. Oh, it's going to be so rich and wonderful. Everything you do that helps anybody, everything you do that affects the kingdom is going to be a reward. It's going to be a crown of righteousness. It's going to be glory eternal. Besides, it's the enjoyment of living forever with the people you helped. Persevere. Look in Romans real quickly, please. Fifth chapter. I got a lot of notes here, but are you believing with me for just the right thing? Not too little. Not too much. Just right. Or not too long, I should say. Too much is fine. But not too long. Romans 5. Verse 2, he says we, we have access by faith into this grace. Wherein we stand, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations. In what? That's being strong, isn't it? If you can glory in tribulations, we know you have faith. We know there's something to you. And the joy of the Lord, your strength. Show me a strong Christian, I'll show you somebody who's got joy. Somebody who's up. I was in a church some years ago, and uh, by the time I started speaking, there were a couple of ladies on the side that started groaning, sad, mournful groan, I mean so sad, just tear-jerking sad, and went on, and went on, and went on, it was distracting. Well, I figure, well, maybe those are some visitors, I don't know. So the next service, I was there for two or three service. next service, I was there, just as soon as I got started, here it comes. Ooh! 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 Well, you know, that's distracting for a few seconds. <laughs> so finally, I asked the pastor, I said, what, what's the story on those ladies? He said, well, Brother Keith, they're intercessors. They're praying for you. I thought I wish they'd quit. <laughs> praying for me somebody said well brother Keith they're, they're listen Mm-mm. I pray myself I know a little bit about prayer <laughs> somebody said you, you don't believe in groaning I do I've groaned myself yeah yeah but not like that there are times that you might, you might sense something in your heart to pray you might groan pretty much this is done in a prayer meeting yourself or by yourself Primarily by yourself. And you don't live like that. You don't live week after week. Ooh. 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 That means you're weak. I said it means you're weak. You get a burden, you pray it. You groan, you pray You pray it through, and you get up and shout. Amen. Amen. You never get to the shout, you never get to the faith, which means you never do a prayer that pleases God. Without faith it's impossible to please Him. People that are always sad and depressed, and some people blessed hearts have gotten confused about this. I, I know because I, you know, working in healing school in the first beginning years, you know, you didn't know much, young, and I saw some people got healed, but I saw some people die. And I begin to take that home with me. And I began to think, well, you know, man, if you knew more, if you had more faith, if you knew the Word better, if you knew God better, maybe they wouldn't have died. And so I'm, I'm I'm fasting, I'm praying, I fasted so much, I lost, you know, none of my clothes would fit. But I'm, without meaning to, I got to where I wasn't a nice person to be around. Wouldn't, wouldn't fun. I'm sure Phyllis wouldn't enjoy me. But I'm being spiritual. I got the weight of this ministry. Jesus said, "My come learn of me." I'm meek and lowly of heart. He said, "My yoke is Is what? It's hard sometimes in the ministry. Huh? Let me say something. You may like it, you may not. (laughs) Do you know you have to be disobedient to God to burn out in the ministry? I said you have to be disobedient to God to burn out in the ministry. God is not some hard taskmaster. They'll load you and load you and push you till you fall and and then come over and go, Get up, boy. we got work to do. Get with it now. Souls are hanging in the balance. Get to it, boy. And push you until you break. Mm -mm. The Lord has never done that to one of His own. Never will. I tell you who will load you, though. Load you to your back sways like an old mule. Load you to your belly's rubbing the ground, <laughs> and then put some more on you. Trying to carry the load, trying to carry the weight. Well, all you know, we we got all these people that are dying and going to hell. We got all these people that need help. We got all these things, and I just I don't have enough strength. And I just you are one person in the body. One. Well, I begin to, without meaning to. I begin to tape some of that stuff. Heavy one. One day after some some length of time, I'm in the floor praying, going, Lord, I I don't know what to do with this. I think we we just lost somebody. Lord. Now see, I didn't realize it, but what if what if you have five people that's lost? They come in. Evangelistic messages preached, and four of them get up and leave, lost, and one of them comes down to the altar and gets saved. The Bible says the angels in heaven weep over those four that left. Then why do you? Well, I have more compassion than God. See, there's twisted, perverted thinking in this. What are we supposed to do? We got four got up and left. We got one that came down. What are we supposed to do? Cry over the four or shout over the one? Which? Which? Shout over the one! Amen! Now that's just one primary example of everything in life. We pray for people in the healing line. We got two people that got healed. We got one that died. What do we do? Well, I just don't understand that, Brother Keith. They were a good person and, and we prayed and did and just totally failed to appreciate what happened for these other two. It's not right. It's disrespectful to God. The Lord didn't guarantee us that everybody we preached to would get saved. He didn't guarantee us that everybody we laid hands on would be healed. They could be. I said they could be. He didn't, he didn't guarantee us that everybody we preach prosperity to would prosper. They could. Everybody could be saved. Everybody could be healed. But it's not just all up to God and it's not all up to us. People have a will. They can receive or reject. They can believe or doubt. They can obey or disobey. I'm in the floor that time. I said, Lord, you know what? What am I going to do about this? Because, I mean, it was just getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And he said, son, I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but very strong in my spirit. He said, son, you are not the healer. I thought, okay. I know that, but I didn't. See, I'm trying to say I know it, but I'm trying to act like I am. Trying to take the responsibility for this. He said, you are not the healer. Whether these people are healed or not, it's not all riding on your shoulders. It's not all resting on you. He said, you have a job to do what I tell you to do. You prepare, you wait on me, you give what I tell you to give, you lay hands on who I tell you, you believe, you do what I tell you to do, and then you cast the care of the rest over and over on me and you enjoy your salvation. I'm not going to be a help to them depressed and sad. I'm trying to get to some other parts of my message here but I'm not quite through. When I first started I didn't know I mean we we counsel with people. And I grew up in a relatively what I call a relatively normal home. I didn't know all the messed up stuff that was outside. Thank God. And somebody to be sitting across the desk from me telling me going into the second part of the hour uh, of how messed up their life is and, and they're crying. And, and I reached over and get them a Kleenex and handed it to them and, and I got me one too. I picked up my, I'm thinking, my Lord, you know, <laughs> I didn't know people could be so messed up and, and they're, they're saying, listen, I don't know what I'm going to do brother Keith. And I didn't say that loud, but I'm thinking, I don't know what you're going to do. Either. <laughs> you're messed up, you know. But that's not going to help them. Me getting down with them is not going to help them. i got to have enough faith. i got to have enough joy until nobody can rain on my parade. Nobody, no amount of their unbelief can quench my flame. Amen? Amen. That's how you're going to be helped to your friends. That's how you're going to be helped to your family. He went on to say, we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation works patience. Patience works experience, and experience, hope. That sounds like new beginnings, doesn't it? What comes first, though? Tribulation. Perseverance, you stay with it. You get some experience, you develop. Then comes the expectation of the next level of the new when you finished the first when you finished what you were called to the bible says in fact just just turn there turn to matthew 22 and revelation 17 i could read these or quote these but take just a minute turn to them matthew 22 Then we're going to go directly to Revelation 17. Are you believing with me this evening? Matthew 22, Revelation 17. We're going to read one verse, go straight to another verse. Matthew 22, 14. Read it out loud with me, please, if you find your place. Matthew 22, 14 says... For many are called, but few are chosen. Say it out loud one more time. Many are called, but few are chosen. Do you want to be chosen? Yeah. But, but though many are called, just few are chosen. That means a lot of the many are not chosen. There's many that are called that are not chosen. Few of the many called are chosen. I don't know if you've studied the, the topic, but chosen is wonderful. <laughs> to be, when you have been handpicked, when you've been selected of God, predestined to glory. Amen? Amen. Chosen of Him, then you get into these next levels. We're ta- from, from faith to faith, from grace to grace, from glory to glory. These next levels, you're, you're predestined for it. You're ordained to it. Revelation gives us the answer why only few of the many called are chosen. Revelation 17 and 14. Revelation seventeen fourteen Talked about individuals making more with the Lamb. But the Lamb shall overcome them. How many believe that? No matter what the enemy comes up with. The Lamb shall overcome them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with Him. Everybody say, that's us. They that are with Him are what? Called and chosen and There you go. There you go. Why what determined the few that were chosen of the many called? It was the ones who were faithful. Faithful. Everybody say faithful. Faithful. What do those who are promoted in in the things of the, the world to come? What is it that they hear that the Lord justifies His promotion of them when we look at Him and we hear Him say, Well done, thou extremely smart and good looking, well connected, huh? Superior bread, No, no, huh? Uh. What's the word? Well done, thou good and faithful, Servant, you have been faithful over a few things, now be ruler over much. Everybody say, faithful. 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 As I was saying in the beginning, so many Christians floundering around, frustrated, in, in lack, in confusion. Problems with sickness they shouldn't be having. Mental and solical problems they shouldn't be dealing with. Can't seem to find my place. Can't seem to find, you know, where I fit. Can't seem to find my call. Can't seem to find my grace and anointing. Let me tell you why the bulk of this is. It's because of unfaithfulness. The confusion comes. When you leave a place God has assigned you, early. When you leave a ministry God has put you in, early. When you decide to do something different from what you're called to do, from what you knew you were called to do. When a person gets tired of doing something, and sees something else that somebody else is doing that they're enamored with, and then it's, I want to try that. And they get out of their call, and they go to try that. Here comes the confusion. Here comes the darkness. Here comes the open door for the enemy. The path of the righteous gets what? How many like that? It gets brighter. And brighter until the full days, I mean straight up noon, the brightest of the bright that it can get. What does that mean? It gets brighter, which means you see things clearer. When If you're in your place and you're in your grace and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, things are getting clearer to you every day. Every week, every month, the picture is getting clearer to you. You're seeing where the pieces fit better because it's getting brighter, not darker. If you're more confused than you were 10 years ago, then you got out of the will of God somewhere. You missed it. Because it's not supposed to be getting darker. And a lot of people, bless their hearts, just want to blame it all on the devil. Well, you know, the devil, he's just attacking me, he's just attacking me. Don't have a defeatist attitude. We're overcomers. The devil attacks us. We make him eat it. We make him wish you to pick somebody else. Let me give you an example. Brother Hagen. brother Kenneth Hagin, born prematurely, deformed heart, incurable blood disease, multiple things that should have killed him. But God healed him. And here he is, 85, going strong. Millions of books. Millions of tapes all over the world telling people how to have faith, how to get healed. Basically telling him the devil tried, but he couldn't do it. Don't you know the devil has thought so many times, oh, he wished he hadn't put that on him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> He'd have just picked somebody else that would have just laid down and died with it. That would have been the end of it. But no, <laughs> he's got to tell the whole world That the devil was the one making him sick and God's the one that healed him and the devil wasn't big enough to do anything about it. That's being more than a conqueror. That's not just whipping him, but making him eat it for the next 25 years, 50 years, whatever. So don't, don't get into this, this, this stupor of all of this. We're just so attacked because, you know, we're, we're so special and we're doing such a wonderful thing for God that we're supremely attacked above everybody. No, you're full of pride and confused. You're an over, be an overcomer. Don't be talking about the devil's attack all the time. Talking about victory in God all the time. Amen. Notice with me in, in 1 Peter. I know this may be a little different than what you thought, but I believe this is what we should do tonight. First Peter, the fifth chapter. Does God have some, some new things for us? Does he have some wonderful things? Some next level things? Oh, yes. I said, oh, yes. Can we break into some new areas? That we haven't operated in before. Can we break into some, some new stronger anointings. And some some new new revelation. New to us. Not new to God. New to us. New experiences in God. Does he have any more that we haven't seen? Oh. Oh. Does he have any more? Must have, well, I want to get into it. I want to get into it. Well you don't go to college. Out of the first grade. If you're wise and you want to get into the the next thing God has for you, it's all right to dream a little bit. It's all right to talk about it. But you better not do that too long. You better look back at what you're doing right now and focus on that knowing that my faithfulness now determines how quickly I get to the next thing. Knowing that my faithfulness now determines if I even get to the next thing. Right? Everybody say faithful. Faithful. If you want to get to the next thing, if you want to get to the greater thing, you want to get to the new thing, you've got to be faithful to finish the first. In 1st Peter, are you there? This is a scripture prayer. You know, you're familiar with the Ephesians prayers, right? Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, your uh, Philippians prayer, Philippians 1. Colossians prayer. Well, there are prayers in the other epistles. There are prayers right here in Peter as well. Years ago, I went through and marked these prayers. I heard Brother Hagin talking about he prayed them over himself many times, and the Lord brought him into uh, more revelation, new revelation to him. And so I began to pray these over myself, and I prayed the, everyone I could find. This one, I wanted to leave part of it out. <laughs> but if you're really a word person, you've got to pray the whole thing. Right? First Peter 5. Let me start reading in verse 7. First Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. That would leave you carefree. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, is walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom do what? Huh? Lay in the bed, feel sorry for yourself, and act pitiful and beg God to do something about? It. No, no. You you resist Him, steadfast in your faith, right? Knowing that there's nothing special. The same afflictions are being accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. No, you're not going anything through anything special. It's happening all over. Verse ten, but. The God of all grace. And how many know His grace is sufficient? The God of all grace, who's called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus. If you put that together with Romans, you see, we talked about uh, called and chosen. We are called and we are predestined and we are chosen, ordained to glory. He said... Called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Here's the part I wanted to leave out. That you've suffered a while. I really wanted to just skip that. And get to the next part. Make you perfect. That's when I start shouting. Then, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect, established, strengthened, settled you. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. How many believe that sounds really good? To be perfected. That means completed, matured, grown up in Him, established. Not up and down. Not a yo-yo Christian. Not in, out, shouting one hour and moaning and crying the next. Established. Strengthened, not weak. Strong. Settled. How many want to be just like that? That's like the Master, isn't it? Are we describing our Master? Perfected, established, strengthened, settled. But well, if you scared to answer this, you're still thinking about that suffering part. No, do you want to be perfected, established, strengthened, settled? Well, it does come after what? But now here's where a lot of people have gotten off. They, they read that and go, well, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, that's why I'm suffering from this uh, arthritis. That's why I'm suffering can't pay my bills. That's why, no, uh-uh, that is not what he's talking about. Suffering from the curse of the law, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, right? Well, then what kind of suffering is he talking about? Well, you read in the book of Hebrews that Jesus, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered. They're not talking about suffering sickness or poverty. What does that mean? That means having to put your flesh under. Not getting your way. Having to yield your will to another. First and foremost to God. God. And then whoever he puts you under. Brother Hagen has a book he wrote based on this called Must Christians Suffer. If you've ever read that, you know it's good. If you haven't, I recommend it. Must Christians Suffer. And he goes into detail in that book about how, you know, this not talking about sickness and disease and those things. And he asked this question. He said, would you like to know why I'm settled and established today? Before he got to this verse, you know. Well, I worked with the man for a long time. I saw him every day. Day after day after day. And he established. No, yo, yo. The same every day. And you ask a question. The word. Whether you liked it or whether you didn't. Every day. Tell the stories the same way. Amen. Stable strong all the time I was working with him I don't remember a time we had to uh, backtrack and say well you messed up that we wasted time and money on that now, there were times though he'd say I'm thinking about doing this the Lord's dealing with us and we got all excited we thought well glory to God we'll probably start that next week didn't hear anything about it for a year and a half <laughs> year and a half we all forgot about it he comes in two years later and says you know that thing you know we're going to start that we thought what thing We've already forgotten He reminds us: stable, settled, established. He asked the question. He said, "Would you like to know why I'm that way?" He said, "It's because I've suffered." That's his answer. It's because I've suffered, and then he goes on to explain. Every church that he pastored, he said, was a troubled church. So many of them were uncomfortable. The Lord sent him there supernaturally. And part would sit on one side and glare at the half on the other side. Couldn't get them together, couldn't get them to work. And he said one particular church, every Sunday evening, after the services that day, he'd go home and he and his wife, Miss Aretha, would start to lay down for bed and he'd tell her, if I didn't know that God told me to come here, I'd go right now and rent a U-Haul. I'd back it up to the parsonage. I'd load my furniture and we'd just be gone in the morning and the people would come by and go, well, I wonder what happened to Brother Hagin. Now here's the thing. Do you understand? A lot of people didn't just feel that way. They did it. When it got hot in the kitchen, they got out the kitchen. And they've been out the will of God ever since. Floundering. Wondering. Now, Phyllis and I have been in the ministry not that long, but long enough that we've had, you know, when you're looking back over some things, there were numerous places we could have jumped out of the will of God, numerous times when it was uncomfortable we had all kind of offers for years. We could have done this. We could have done... Do you know an opportunity is not a leading? A need, needing is not a leading. And folk don't realize it. I mean, you've you got people in the body of Christ writing their own orders. And the scripture says, endure hardness as a good soldier. What if, what if in the military, you get stationed up in Alaska in the wintertime? You're up there for a couple of weeks, you go, I don't like this. Don't we have bases in Honolulu? <laughs> and so you go ahead and say, well, I'm, I'm leave, I'm going to Honolulu. And you go. Well, what are you now? Out of the will of the army. (laughs) (laughs) Absent without leave, you're absent, you don't have orders. Oh, there's been some folk wrote their own. Ford signatures. You can wind up in the penitentiary like that. And yet, we got people in the body of Christ all over the place that have transferred their self, (laughs) promoted their self, Many times. And are wondering why I'm not fruitful. Why I don't see the full blessing. Why? Because they're not where he put them. They're doing their own thing. In order to get into the next new thing, in order to get into the next level, you have to pass the tests. And you have to finish up where you are. Because finishing where you are helps qualify you. For the next part. If you don't finish, you're not even qualified to do the next thing. You know, some people asked us because they wondered why we stayed, uh, working with the Hagan so long. We had our own ministry for years. We were doing other things. But we would go and, and serve them and help them and continue to go and serve year after year, year after year. And we, we'd have an office full of stuff. And a call would come and we just have to walk off and leave it. And there were times when it looked like, you know, how can you do this? And there are other times that, you know, you, you get a sense in your spirit of what you're supposed to do and you, you get a glimpse of it, but that doesn't mean it's time. even had a fellow, uh internationally known speaker one time, call me out of the crowd and he said, you're supposed to have your own ministry. You're not supposed to just be a a helps ministry to another. You're supposed to have your own. That means head up a ministry. Well, I knew that was right. I knew it was right in my heart. I knew it was. So I stayed and served Brother Hagin another 15 years. (laughs) Because it wasn't time. I even talked to him, you know, several years before that about, you know, doing some things in my ministry. He said, fine, get with it, you know. You're not getting any younger. He said, get to it. And um, I had to go back, Phyllis and I had to go back and find them in Miami and say, well, Brother Hagin, you know, Miss Aretha, the Lord, you know, it's all right for us to do that, but the Lord didn't release us from helping you. And so we stayed with it. And, and some of the recent things that have happened up in Branson for us, just amazing. We had a, a strong church just come out seemingly out of nowhere in one day. There was nothing there, and then there's hundreds of people. Boom. And the Lord's given us a a beautiful facility up there. He's blessed us. This last year or so, He brought us into a new thing. Amen? He brought us into a new flow of finances. Brought us into a new flow of ministry. We got everything we had, plus a lot more. Amen? Just being enriched. But I, I know if we hadn't stayed where we were supposed to stay till we finished that segment, we couldn't have stepped into the next thing. Wouldn't have been there. I was able to teach at Rhema for years. Had a fellow ask me one time, he said, how did you believe to be a Rhema instructor? I said, I didn't. He said, you didn't? I said, no. What'd you do? Well, the Lord told me this one phrase. He said, help Brother Hagin. So, Every time they said, we need somebody to greet at the door. I said, okay, we need somebody to sign in people and register them at the healing school. Okay, we need people to do this. It was me, because that was help. They needed help. And after a couple of years of that, they said, we need somebody to help uh, teach in the healing school and, and, and counsel with people, and, and I'm available. We need somebody. And after several years of that, we want somebody to teach in the school. I said, okay. You see what I'm talking about? And there's been times, uh, you know, all of our lives, we, we got, we got flesh, we've got feelings, and there's been times when you felt like, I want to do something else. And if you're really committed to your Lord and Savior, the captain of your salvation, the most you can do is go in your bedroom and fall across the bed and put in a request for a transfer. (laughs) But so many times it comes back, denied. So now what are you going to do? Hmm? Everybody say faithful. Faithful. What determines the few out of the many that are called, that wind up chosen? It's the ones that are faithful. I said faithful. I've seen it. I'm thinking right now about a young man, bless his heart. A friend of mine was a pastor in a good, strong church. And this young man came, said the Lord sent him to help him. And he was there helping. And he was using him some. He was letting him speak, some and doing some other things. But it wasn't moving fast enough to suit him. And he is, you know, he's chomping at the bit. He's got to go in the world, you know. And and the pastor's not giving him enough quick enough. And it's not prospering as much as he wants to. And so uh, he decides he's going to leave. So he left. Floundered around year after year. And the, the pastor friend of mine was talking to me one day and I said, what about the young guy that left? He said, well, he said he didn't know it. He said, I had it in the works to put him in a house. I had it in the works to do some thing. It was already in the works. I, I, I was uh, working on paperwork and do it. He didn't know. Somebody said, did he tell him? No, he didn't tell him. Would God tell him? God doesn't tell you everything you're going to miss. If you disobey him, because not you, you disqualify yourself, you count yourself unworthy of it. You've got to stay. So many people don't find out what the Lord had planned for them there, they didn't stay long enough. Didn't stay hooked long enough. I don't know why we're saying so much about this, but the Lord knows. I said, the Lord knows. After you've suffered a while, it's part of your development. Learning to control your emotions, learning to control your will, learning when somebody says, no, no, I don't want you to do that, I want you to do this. And inside, you want to go, no, 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 that's, that's what I, that's my thing. But instead of that, you go, yes sir, thank you sir, we'll do that. That'll be just fine. jesus though he were a son can you picture him in the garden crying sweating blood father if it's possible let this cup pass from me what what do you keep coming back to though nevertheless not my will was that easy oh no it was not easy the person that says submission is easy does not know anything about the subject People say, oh, it's easy for me to submit. I've always found it. You don't know what you're talking about. Submission is not easy. Or you'll hear this one usually. People say, well, now I usually submit. <laughs> but this time I just, I, I just don't agree. No. This is one of the first opportunities you've had to submit and you're failing. As long as you're in agreement, there's no opportunity to submit. It's when you don't agree, now you have the opportunity to submit. And doing these things, you will experience some suffering, but... If you stick to it like the master, then you will grow, you'll be perfected, you'll be developed, you'll be changed on the inside, settled, established, strengthened, and when the next thing comes, you'll finish that phase of your development, and you'll come all the way to the next new thing, and you'll be qualified now to step up into that, and you'll be graced to handle that, and it'll be phase after phase after Grace to grace, faith to faith, glory to glory of new levels and new beginnings. Can you say amen? Amen. Why don't you stand on your feet? Just lift up your hands begin to thank the Lord. Lord, anything else you want said, anything else you want done, just lift up your hands and praise Him. Begin to bless Him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You remember the story of Elijah and Elisha. How did Elisha come into that new place of anointing? How did he come into that place of the double portion? Well, he went all the way with Elijah, the man, the place God had joined him to, didn't he? Had multiple opportunities to stop short especially that last day. You remember he kept telling him, I'm going on to here. You can stay here. Why don't you just stay here? He said, oh no, no, no. Where you go, i go. Hmm. I'm with you till the end of this thing. Right? That's the kind of heart you got to have. And he kept coming up again and again. He said, well, you know, why don't you just stay here? I'm going over here. He said, no, no, I'm, I'm going. I'm fine. I'm going. I'm staying with you. And because he went all the way... He finished that assignment. Everybody say, finished the assignment. Say it again, finished the assignment. Say it again, finished the assignment. Because he finished the assignment, then it was only after that that he told him, he finally turned around and said, what do you want? He said, I want a double portion of what you have. He said, well, if you see me when I go, it'll be so." That means you've got to go as far as you can go with it. You've got to go all the way. Can you say amen? Now I want to pray over you. And if it be the case that there are those here that you've jumped out of some places that you shouldn't have jumped out. I'm going to pray for you that you'll see that. If you need to go back and make some things right. You might, you might say well I can't that's, that's all past I can't get back into that well the Lord knows what's next then but the big thing is your heart and that you're willing to do anything willing to go anywhere willing to stay as long as he says stay close your eyes let me pray over you Father God your anointing is here to change hearts and minds and lives here tonight Nothing's too hard for you. You can even restore the years and the things that the devourer has consumed, even though it be through the avenue of open doors of disobedience or rebellion. But I'm asking you right now, and pray this after me, everybody, please. Lord, open my eyes and show me your choice for me, the place you've chosen for me, the connections, the assignments you've chosen for me. If I have left early, if I've stopped short, if I did not finish any part, Have mercy on me. Forgive me. And I ask you for grace. And a place to repent. An opportunity to make this right. And if that time has passed. I ask you to show me what's right for me now. And out of your great mercy. I ask for a restoration of what was lost and I ask for an opportunity to get fruit to make up for what was lost in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries